0: this is lissa and jerry lee welcome to experience eden this side of heaven we hope this conversation will speak to your
1: heart and inspire joy Welcome back to Experience Eden on this side of heaven. Today we're going to be discussing the rapture and how we would prepare unbelievers.
0: Yes, yeah, so we are doing a four part series for you guys. Last week we talked about the end times and the signs leading up towards the end times. So if you guys haven't seen that, go back and check it out first. But today we're going to be talking about the rapture and like Jerry Lee said, how to prepare unbelievers. Um, so let's get started with the basics. <laughs> what is the rapture and what does that mean for believers and non-believers?
1: Okay, so the rapture is described as um, Jesus' church and believers in Jesus Christ being caught up into heaven, um, and it's something that is heavily debated, um, but it's really a pivotal part of um, Christianity and believers and how things are going to look in the end times. And so um, it comes from a Greek word, harpazo, meaning um, caught up or to snatch or to seize, so the idea is that uh, in the beginning of the end times, after we've um, seen some of the signs that we discussed last week and the signs that the end times are near, um, is that um, Jesus will come out and a trumpet will sound mm-hmm. and he will call all his um, believers and we will be caught up to heaven to be with him. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a really Good. joyous occasion. Um, it sounds, you know, to be seized or just snatched or... or Caught up kind of has like a negative connotation in a lot of language. But in this case, it's a glorious event and Mm -hmm. one that us Christians really look forward to. Mm -hmm. So we want to clarify that um, even though end times kind of can sound dark, um, this is a part of the end times that's actually really joyful for Christians. Uh, So we wanted to make that clear. Um, And again, it's it's something that uh, is, it can sound funny to non-believers. But a lot of our beliefs as Christians can sound funny to a fallen world and to people who don't believe or simply deny Jesus and Christianity. So it's something that I believe wholeheartedly with my whole heart will happen. And I'm excited for that day.
0: Me too. I can't wait. Definitely. So for believers, we will be taken up with Jesus. So for non-believers, they'll be left here on earth.
1: Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct.
0: So the idea is that we will be
1: raptured, caught up, And all those who um, do not believe or deny Jesus Christ's existence and uh, the pathway to heaven being through him only, uh, they will be left behind here on earth.
0: Gotcha. And so the rapture that is to come, this actually isn't the first rapture that's happened. No. Um, it's happened other times and it's been noted in the Bible. Can you talk about who else has been raptured? Yes.
1: Um, there's been multiple raptures or uh, descriptions of raptures in scripture, actually. Um, Enoch, uh, don't want to get the verse wrong. Genesis 5, 24, uh, Enoch, E-N-O-C-H, for anybody wanting to look it up. He was actually brought up to heaven without experiencing an earthly death like we're familiar with. And also Elijah in uh, 2 Kings 2.11, it is described also, uh, Elijah is a great prophet in the Bible and he too did not experience an earthly death like we are familiar with and uh, was so beloved by God and such a warrior for God that uh, he was caught up and didn't experience an earthly death either. So there's two good examples right there that um, the rapture is not some mystical, you know, concept. Like, maybe it'll happen. Can it happen? No, it's already happened. Mm -hmm. And so the rapture that we're discussing today in end times is on a much larger scale because it will be all of God's um, believers, all of believers in Jesus Christ, um, actually past and present. So all believers who've died um, Mm -hmm. will also be caught up in this event. Awesome. Do we know when this rapture
0: is going to take place?
1: We do not know. And that's something that's really important because, you know, everything from, um, you know, there's a lot of prophecies and there's a lot of speculation and there's a lot of people trying to come up with, um, calculations Mm -hmm. and like even Nostradamus type people who are trying to prophesy what's going to happen at the end of time and, um, so anyone who tells you that they know when the rapture will occur is misleading you. I won't call them liars.
0: <laughs> I won't Lies!
1: <laughs> I won't go that far because they probably in their whole heart believe it. But they are definitely misleading you because the Bible is really clear on this. And uh, it says in Mark thirteen thirty two, "...but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, only the Father." So this literally means nobody but God himself knows when this is happening. And I think this is by design. Mm -hmm. And it's really important because it's not that God is, there's no pop quiz and he's not testing us and he's not just wanting to keep us on our toes. Um, This ultimately is an act of deep mercy and compassion. Um, Personally, I believe that the reason the rapture hasn't happened yet is because God is passionately pursuing all of his children to repent and turn to him Mm -hmm. the only reason it hasn't happened yet is because god's waiting on those lost sheep who either need to be introduced to him or or need to come back to him and so um, i believe with my whole heart that that's why it hasn't happened yet Mm -hmm. Uh, and so rather than it be like a timing issue or like i said he's trying to just sneak up on us it's not that at all i think he's being extremely um,
0: merciful and compassionate in waiting for all the lost souls to return to him Definitely. Yeah. Our god is so good like that. So good. <laughs> Alright, so since we don't know mm-hmm. the date or when the rapture exactly is gonna happen, mm-hmm. what are the warning signs that we're given that mm-hmm. it's close? There's
1: a lot of warning signs and we discussed some of those in our last um, podcast talking exactly.
0: about that. You <laughs> have to check it out if you didn't
1: watch it, right? <laughs> But you definitely want to check it out because, um, there's a lot of signs that we're in the end times and we discuss it in greater length in that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, we don't know the day or the hour, but there's a lot of uh, world events, um, events in morality, um, and even calendar type events that are happening, happening worldwide that are really pointing to the fact that we're in the end of times. And to God, time is, is not an, not as a relative issue like it is to us, not in minutes Mm -hmm. and months and years, you know, um. It can happen in the blink of an eye. And uh, so there's definitely signs that we discussed in our previous podcast um, that the end of times is near. Uh, And then uh, ultimately the rapture is going to kick off um, ultimately the second coming of Jesus. And the rapture will be the event that uh, begins
0: the Great Tribulation, which we'll discuss in our next podcast. Definitely. Uh, can you imagine if the rapture happened today? Like, what would our unbelieving loved ones, friends, and family think if all of a sudden we just vanished? Yeah, it's it's going to be um, such an amazing event. So I want to describe
1: what the Bible says, okay? So I always want to lead everyone back to Scripture. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of this is opining, and we're giving you our beliefs and our faith mm-hmm. and our opinion, but... Um, a lot of the, the cornerstone of a lot of this rapture talk um, goes back to 1 Thessalonians four thirteen through 18, and I'm going to read it to you. It's a little long, but I want to make sure that you kind of get the idea. So it says, Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we are who are living will ascend with Him. Mm. And so, it's it's an amazing picture. I mean, that of what is going to happen when, when God calls us. And then so we will be, it says, so we will be with the Lord forever. And I love verse 18. And that's really the passion behind why we're doing this. Verse 18 says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Mm. So again, it's not this ominous warning, which it is a, definitely a warning, but it's also a warning to encourage. And so, it reminds us that how we live today matters. Mm -hmm. Okay. So everything we do um, in our personal lives, in our intimate lives, especially in our Christian walk, it really does matter and who we influence and how we influence them matters. So like Lisa asked, well, what if the rapture happened today Mm -hmm. and it's going to be such a catastrophic, cataclysmic event. And like we discussed in the signs of the end times in our previous podcast, It's going to be something of such epic proportions because of all of the technology we have at our fingertips. Like we Mm -hmm. said, everybody has a little computer in their pocket now with Mm -hmm. their cell phone. And with social media... Even if you don't have social media, somebody can you posts imagine you. imagine the like, tweets that are going to be going off? Like, I know, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> I mean, the, the phones are, I mean, the whole grid yeah. might collapse. But yeah, it's going to be such an amazing thing. And can you imagine what people are going to say? Mm-hmm. I mean, people who've maybe heard of this are going to question, is that what this is? Mm-hmm. People who have no idea what it is are going to say, what the heck happened? And it's going to be such an epic event. And it's going to be obvious and it's going to be undeniable what just happened. And what's amazing is the Bible does explain this also. In Matthew 24, 39b-42, it says, This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two hmm. women grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Hmm. And so when I consider this, I mean, for those of you who are listening, and you're a believer, and you're following Jesus, and you're aware of these things... Imagine how your family members are going yeah. to react when this happens. What if we're unequally yoked and we're married to an unbeliever? We're going to be caught up and our spouse is going to be in bed alone.
0: Mm-hmm. Our parents,
1: our children, our siblings. This is such an immeasurably huge event that's going to happen and it's going to be undeniable. And I don't know how, what the quantity of people, if it's going to be half people, that's up to us. Mm-hmm who chooses God and it's up to us whether or not we make it into this event to be with Jesus in heaven. And so I know the concept of people vanishing. I mean, imagine this, there's going to be cars driving down the street and the driver's going to disappear. I mean, the chaos, I know that's so wild and the destruction. I mean, the implications are so huge. Somebody will be in surgery and the surgeon will disappear. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, when you think of the gravity of this, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard even to kind of wrap your brain Mm -hmm. around it. Um, and so what's interesting to me is I just began to think about the concept of what are those people going to think? yeah and how are they going to react and have i as a believer and i have people who don't believe that i that are very close to me and that i love very much and who i've had the the god and the jesus and the christianity and all of those all of those conversations with them and they they simply either deny or they're not where i am in my walk let's say and i just have i witnessed to them enough what what have i done to describe that this event is coming so that when it happens they'll be able to identify it and that was really one of the big catalysts for this discussion because mm-hmm. it kind of when you think about it like that i was always kind of ignorant like woohoo i'll be in heaven and like yeah. wait a minute
0: people i really love mm-hmm. won't be there and it's like will they even recognize it like when that happens like will they be like oh this is what she was talking about mm-hmm. or you know like, will they even be prepared for it? Because even with that, obviously this is Satan's world. So, you know, the enemy is going to come in and try and deceive everyone. So how have yeah. we prepared our loved ones enough to know that the rapture has happened and what to do about it? Exactly. And that,
1: that was really one of the reasons why we need to discuss this because what are they going to think? And more, more scary than that even is how will the evil in this world try to explain this? Mm-hmm. So after the rapture, and we'll get into this in our in our third part of the four part series, is the Great Tribulation, the Mark of the Beast, the the the, the rising up of the Antichrist and the false prophets. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be the people who try to explain this in non biblical terms. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's my responsibility and my duty to explain this to people. So even though they might not be believers, uh, again, they have free will and that's their choice. But at that point, it's my obligation to explain to them that this event is going to happen. So when it happens, I want you to be able to identify it Mm -hmm. and to remain firm and and seek God and Scripture in that moment as an explanation for it, rather than whatever the world is going to try and say happened. I mean... we were kind of brainstorming a little bit and thinking about this and wondering like how is this going to look so let's brainstorm about some ideas and we discuss like well could it be global warming I don't know. That's a big thing that's in political conversations now. Could it be aliens? (laughs) Alien abductions. You know, in uh, 2021 right now, we're seeing all these things about uh, unidentified flying objects that don't make sense, that Mm -hmm. uh, have been uh, discovered by military radars and things like that. I mean, I don't know how they could possibly explain this outside of Jesus Christ, but I But they know. will want to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll find a way. Exactly. And so knowing that too, and knowing that that will be the emergence of evil um, that we've never experienced before and mm-hmm. manipulation. Yes. The, you know, the enemy and the beast and the antichrist and the false prophet, all of that evil. I mean, there's evil in the world. Yes. But the great tribulation that will occur after the rapture is going to be manipulation mm. and twisting of God's truth on a whole nother level with, with much more catastrophic consequences if you, if you get swept up in the tide of misinformation. Um, and so for us, um, we really prayed on this and, and wanted to express this. And, you know, this is a lot of what ifs. But I think it warrants a conversation. And I, at least for me and for Lissa, I know. it really evokes a passion of like, wow, we need to have some really difficult conversations and and really not be scared
0: about it. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part because it's uncomfortable. It's yeah. uncomfortable to talk to people who don't believe and you're telling about the rapture where we're going to be taken up with God and they're just like looking at us <laughs> like we're crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but it's important. It's mm-hmm. so important to have these discussions because ultimately We're fighting for their souls, right? We love them. Yeah, for eternity. So Mm -hmm. it's like, fine, I think I'm crazy now, but when it happens, you're gonna know, you know, that I told you this was gonna happen. And maybe in that moment they'll be prepared. Our hope is that they will be able to recognize it Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, shoot. You know, I need to turn to Jesus like right now, right now.
1: Yeah. And even as you're saying that, I mean, that was like the major catalyst for this. But even as you're saying that, and like the Bible says that those who have already died in Christ, they will be brought up first. And so I don't know when the rapture is going to come. It could be in my generation. It could be five generations from me. So there will be a lot of people who have died in Christ Mm -hmm. um, before this event happens. So. I mean, arguably, when something happens and it's tangible and you can see it Mm -hmm. with your own eyes, it's easier to believe, right? Mm -hmm. So for all of those who are going to die before the rapture comes, who can't connect Jesus' coming to such a a radical event, um, it's even more important for me to, you know, tell this to my parents and my brothers and my, you know, people within my influential orbit— Um, because what if they pass away before the event and they can't see that tangibly and -hmm. connect that to the coming of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I mourn for all those I know that have passed that didn't have a belief in a relationship with Jesus because their opportunity has passed. Mm -hmm. And so it, it rises up this, um, this passion and this drive, um, to be more intentional about how I talk to people and how I represent God and, um, and to be aware that really what i'm doing is trying to save their lives and so when i look at explaining this to people as mm-hmm. an act of compassion versus like bible thumping or or lecturing or threatening it's really none of those things like i said about jesus waiting for us to repent mm-hmm. and having patience in coming again yeah uh, the same thing has to come from us we have to come from a place of compassion where we want to save people it's not and and Therein lies the problem. How do we do that with passion and compassion? Because um, we never want to represent Jesus from a place of condemnation or judgment. Um, in fact, that would be the antithesis of Jesus. He was very much compassionate and merciful and loving. Uh, and so, that becomes the balance of explaining something with such gravity and such urgency mm-hmm. without judgment or con- condemnation and explaining like this is really important and it's
0: it's literally life or death yeah but with love. Yeah. And that's the dilemma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just planting those seeds little by little. Right. And exactly. And praying for them because God works, God works in incredible, incredible ways. So it's our job as believers to really just plant those seeds. It's not like we have to be like, do this right now. (laughs) Like you said, with love and compassion and then pray for them and the good Lord inter intercede on our behalf as well. Exactly. And, um,
1: I'm not basing this on any theological knowledge that I have, but I really pray that after the rapture, when those we love may be left behind, um, that they still may have an opportunity mm-hmm. in the period of the Great Tribulation to still repent and come to God. And so that's why it's critical also um, to explain this so that when it does happen, you know, perhaps not accepting the mark of the beast in that period of time. Um, will be, will be a saving grace Mm -hmm. because.
0: With the that things, last effort, yeah,
1: and the things that scare us. You know, we we get so scared, especially now with technology and everything, about um, being having the mark of the beast um, mm-hmm. that is described in the Great Tribulation in Revelation. Um, that we are scared that we're going to be in that position where we have to choose. But as believers in Jesus Christ, now today, we are promised the rapture and to be caught up with Jesus before that choice has to be made. Mm-hmm. And what a what a beautiful gift from God mm-hmm. as as um, i can't say a reward but um as a result yeah of our um our pursuing him and believing in him is that we don't have to go through all that kind of stuff and i want that for people that mm-hmm. i love but i desperately want for those who don't choose it before the rapture to have that opportunity uh-huh. and i pray that that's the reality me too
0: definitely oh, this is a jerry lee that i loved so i have to share it with you guys she said Woe to them who witness the rapture and do not repent. Doesn't that sound like it needs to be in the Bible? I feel Sounds like it Sounds very King, but James. <laughs> very King very James. James. But it's so true. So, and that's, you know, knowing this, that the call to action for us, you know, in the present day in time is to really try and... Prepare those unbelievers. And that's Mm -hmm. too, you know, part of this series that we want to do so that anyone who is believing that are non-believers can really understand what's, what's to come. Exactly. And so, I mean, that, that
1: it's very biblical sounding, right? Like, woe to them who see this and it still doesn't have an impact on them, that is freaky to me, that you mm-hmm. could be a witness to this event, mm-hmm. and still go, nah, that Jesus thing is not real. <laughs> like, yeah. you, I, I just, I mean, it's, it's hard you know, for me, it's hard for me as a believer to yeah. not to understand how people yeah. can't turn to God anyway, but even more so after an event like that, and so, I mean, I'm hoping it will be the thing that turned the thoughts to God mm-hmm. and you know uh, like that I'm, I'll probably say this a thousand times but it's one of my favorite dad quotes is that everybody believes in God when the ship is sinking mm-hmm. and so hopefully um, when such a catastrophic event happens and you can't deny it that rather than turn to social media or to the government or to celebrities or whomever will be a mouthpiece at that time uh, I really hope that people will turn I mean mm-hmm. 180 degree yeah. turn to Jesus, yeah. I really hope that that will be the case. And the other part is that they will, like, it, as a, almost as, like, as a final straw, like, okay, God, now I'm listening, yeah, and like, and I'll repent and turn because that is going to be a very challenging time. Mm-hmm. So it, like, today to choose Jesus in the United States of America. It's an easy choice, really. I mean, in my mind. But, <laughs> right?
0: But during the Great Tribulation, it won't be because yeah. it'll be less popular and mm-hmm. less cool. And, and less- all the deception, right? Exactly. That's why Satan's working so hard right now before that happens to get as many people as he can on his side, believing all these lies, you know, and feeding into things, worldly things that so you can keep your eyes off of heaven that's what he's trying to do now so imagine the more so he's going to do it when the rapture happens
1: well not even that you know and and this is nothing I, i know a lot of unbelievers who are very lovely people but wouldn't you imagine that people who have refused god and denied god and rejected god and don't believe in god i mean that sounds like the devil's playground to me yeah right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it seems like it would be a really like slim, you know, easy pickings for the devil to come in and do his thing in that environment. Right. Definitely. And so I really, really feel like it needs to be said. And to be honest, I haven't really heard it that way before. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so we as believers, we're going to be raptured. Woo. Yeah. Hallelujah. But what, what's next mm-hmm. for the people we love who aren't with us. And so I really think it's, it's, something that we don't consider
0: yeah and we didn't until we started like studying for these things too we're like wait a minute yeah like we're excited yes we gotta go but then we're like well what about our family like Mm -hmm. what about our friends that don't believe right now like that gave us even more of like a push like oh my goodness we need to prepare them because like we said we don't know when it's gonna happen it could be tomorrow who knows so then as people, as believers, you know, we need to prepare the people we love.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's our commission. Yeah. As believers, go to be fisher of men. Go yeah. Go and... and spread the news and spread the gospel. And, you know, it's funny. So my son in like fifth grade, he was so fortunate here in Southern California in this day and age to attend a school that offered not so much Bible study or anything like that, but they offered something called a good news club. It was happened, It was essentially a Bible study, oh. um, but it was more of like a morality thing. They did mm-hmm. Bible teachings and they introduced the kids to Jesus and it was an elective thing. Not every kid had to do it. You sign them up. Um, and I remember a writer... My son, I think it was fifth grade, and he came out one day and he's like, Hey, Mom, I was telling, you know, my friend, I won't name, but I was telling my friend about uh, Good News Club, and you think maybe you can get, like, an enrollment slip, and maybe maybe she can come with me? And I was like, Absolutely, baby. Do you know if they're believers? And he goes, I asked her, and she said, No, they don't go to church or anything. And he just looked at me with such seriousness, and he's like, But Mom, if she's not a believer, she won't go to heaven with me. And it just was like, Awesome. He's wiser than I am and he's in fifth grade. <laughs> because, like, I mean, you know, you think about these things, but not to that extent. I mean, he was concerned for the soul of his classmate in fifth mm-hmm. grade. And I'm like, wow, we can learn a lot from that. He's wise
0: beyond uh, his years, let me tell you. <laughs> I know, I'm like, just tell me your thoughts, honey. You know,
1: educate me. Because they look at things oftentimes simplistically, meaning they're not clouded with all of the pretense mm-hmm. that we have and all the filters of experience that we have. And um, they can he can assess the world with that innocence still and that purity and it's really beautiful
0: yeah and even like in the bible it says we're supposed to have a childlike faith and i think that's exactly why exactly right because they're not clouded with all these things of the world they still have that innocent belief Mm -hmm. i love it Uh, okay so the good and bad news is ultimately how we spend eternity is the choice of each individual person right so it goes back to free will kind of like what we talked about Mm -hmm. You know, like, first one. Yeah, <laughs> first and, podcast. like, one of our first ones a long time ago. So if you didn't listen, <laughs> oh, I'm like, go back, check go out back. episode one. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little plug for ourselves. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so basically it's up to us. Like, this is a personal choice, and I think God did that on purpose. You mm-hmm. know, he wants us, like we've said, to choose him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And here's the thing is that,
1: um, and I love this quote. I don't know who said it. I'm sorry for stealing it, but God, God is, is a gentleman. Yeah. He is not going to force himself on you. Mm -hmm. And he wants to be invited into your heart. And he wants a willing heart. And so... um it's important for us to remember that, and free will. I mean, it's ultimately an act of compassion, also, for God to allow us to make our choice. Mm-hmm. Our destiny is is of our choosing if we want it. So, like I said, He's He makes us intelligent, and He makes us wise, and He makes us teachable, and uh, and then He speaks to our heart, and it's our choice whether or not we reject it. And the, but also. It's our commission and it's our responsibility to share this with other people. Um, And a lot of, you know, most people in this day and age in the United States of America, they've heard of Jesus. They know Mm. who he is. Mm -hmm. But the reality is maybe they were shown a bad example. Maybe they they had a misrepresentation Mm -hmm. in a bad church experience. Yeah. Or a bad family experience. And so it's our job to correct that, you know, and to be compassionate. And um, some people were turned off from God before they were ever able to um, tap into him. Mm-hmm. And so it's important for us to be mindful of that. And that, um, you know, most people who do not choose God, um, it's, it's for reasons... Far different than the love of Jesus Christ. They either had a bad experience or they've been indoctrinated in some other way. And yeah. they're being faithful and loyal and committed to whatever it is that they believe. But the thing is, if you don't believe in Jesus, you believe in something else. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe in any higher power, you still believe in something else. Yeah. If maybe it's your own power, yeah. your own ability, celebrities, All money, yeah. pride, yeah. Idols. yeah. You're still, you're, regardless of what, um, whether or not you choose Jesus or a different, quote unquote, higher power, um, you're still choosing to follow something. And that's something I think that we need to really explain to people, too, is that just because you're not choosing Jesus doesn't mean you're not choosing anything. You're mm-hmm. still choosing something, whether it's your own mm-hmm. ability or your own passions or your own desires, you're still investing time and energy um, and your desires and your thoughts and your actions are still being placed somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be very careful where you put those with that energy and, um, and the efforts. And so mm-hmm. it's important for us to be mindful of that. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite quotes, can I say it? Go ahead. <laughs> Lewis, I love this quote so much. And C.S. Lewis, of course, was an amazing writer, Um, and later in life he became a very devoted Christian, and, and it's a really cool story to look up. But one of these quotes said, There will be only two kinds of people in the end. Those whom say to God, thy will be done. And those whom God says to them, thy will be done. So in the end, we will be doing somebody's will. We will be acting on somebody's behalf. Mm-hmm. So will we be doing it for God? Or will God just allow us to perish to our own devices? And so that hit me so hard. Mm, definitely. Somebody's will's being done. It's it's ours or Jesus's. And it's a scary, it's a scary alternative in the end to not be living for Jesus, in my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying to me. And um there's, you know, there's some quotes in the Bible that I love. Me, I identify myself primarily as a servant of Jesus Christ. When I am standing before the Lord, after my time here is done, I wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. <sighs> that's, what, that's, that's my life goal now. It's mm-hmm. not stuff or possessions or things or anything like that. I just wanna be identified by God as God's servant. Uh, and there's another quote in the Bible that if you deny him at the end, you will have to account for that. Mm. And if you come to him pleading on your knees after the rapture, in the tribulation, at the end of days, on judgment day, and you come pleading to him, and you have not chosen him before that day, he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm. That is terrifying to me. <gasps> it's, oh, I can't. I know. Oh, I can't. Oh, I just got chills. Like, oh, I don't no. like it. <laughs> Can you imagine standing at the feet of Jesus and him saying, oh, I, I've never known you. Oh, it kills me. Heartbreaking. And... The reality is, unless we step up, unless we become willing to have difficult conversations, to be Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, to be laughed at, Mm -hmm. I don't care about being laughed at. I really could care less. The only person's opinion that matters to me is Jesus Christ. Amen, sister. Amen. (laughs) And so I had a conversation years ago with somebody who was very dear to me, who I love very much. And he said to me, oh gosh, you're such an idiot with all this Christian stuff and you're devoting so much of your life to this and Bible study and you're, you know, always trying to be a good person and so much time at the church and, you know, you're such an wow. idiot. I know. Yeah. you horrible person. <laughs> right? No, but to them, it's, it's, it's foolish. It's a waste of time. Why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, and tithing, don't even start me with tithing. If you tithe, you're a big moron to some people, you know? Yeah. And again they have that negative skewed opinion of church and of Jesus mm-hmm. and religion. And, and I think that's more due
0: to man. It's not even God, absolutely. you know, it's their you know, how man has presented God to them that has turned them off. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and there's been people
1: who have been presented or presented themselves or their church or their religion to them under the name of God and mm-hmm. did not do anything godly. Exactly. exactly. And so he just kind of was like, we would had so many conversations about God and Christianity and it wasn't like a lecturing situation. It was like, this was a I'm doing and I want to share it with you you know mm-hmm. and um so he looked at me he was like oh you're such an idiot you know when you die you're just warm food and just something came over me I was like I'm just not getting through right now and it's not that I don't love him enough or care about him enough to have this conversation but I finally just said you know what if I'm wrong I can absolutely live with that I believe that I'm right I believe in Jesus Christ and I've devoted my life to him to be clear but if I was wrong ultimately in the end I'm totally at peace with that. What what was what was done wrong? What did I waste? Yeah.
0: My money doesn't Being matter when I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I
1: had, you know, the stuff I had doesn't matter when I'm dead. The legacy I leave with or without Jesus will be of love. Mm-hmm. The legacy I leave to my children and to my family will be of service mm-hmm. and kindness. And, and wow, look she, look what she did for me. Or even look what she did for that organization that I don't believe it. You know, she mm-hmm. still devoted her time and her energy and her thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and so I can, I'm at peace with that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that to be true, but nope. I'm 100% at peace with that. Mm-hmm. But I had to look at him and say, well, well what if you're wrong? Mm. What if I'm right? And at the end of time, when Jesus comes to judge the living and the dead, and he looks at you and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Mm. And honestly, for his sake, in that moment, I said, for your sake, I hope I'm wrong. Mm. It, it hurts. Am I going to yeah. cry? <laughs> it's, no. it's, it really hurts because... I'm okay being wrong, but I want the people that I love to see Jesus and the truth. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why we're doing this is because it's so painful to think that such... I mean, and these are bad people. There's Mm -hmm. phenomenal people who don't believe in Jesus, who are good and philanthropic and kind Mm -hmm. and wonderful husbands and wives and great parents and all of those things who are wonderful people. And that's almost more frustrating. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Like
0: that hurts even more knowing these people and how amazing they truly are. It's like you're there. Yeah. You're you're like like, right there. (laughs) It's like what the heck? It's so true. It's like a beautiful, gigantic puzzle and there's one piece missing, but it's the most important one out that the puzzle is useless yes exactly and so and i've had people say that it's like well i'm a good person like you know i i do good things that's spiritual yeah I'm, spiritual. <laughs> I, I'm a good person like god can't possibly send me to hell and it's just like that's not even it's your choice that you're making by denying him it's mm-hmm. not that he doesn't want to send you there right but ultimately it's our choice yes right and he, if you're not going to acknowledge him he's not going to acknowledge you Exactly. Oh, I love that one. That's
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alyssa-ism. Totally. Yeah. But this is the thing. And so a lot of people, I I always make this reference in this connection is that God is our heavenly parent. For any, all of us are children of someone and Mm -hmm. we know what it was like to be parented and to Mm -hmm. be given rules and regulations. Our jobs, uh, our sports, our schools all have parameters and boundaries and rules and expectations that we have to adhere to. Mm -hmm. God is no different. God has rules. He's our heavenly father and he has rules in place for our good, whether we agree with them or like them or whatever the case may be. But the reality is that God is a God of truth. He's a God of um, commitment. Mm-hmm. He's a God of follow through. Um, and he's a loving and compassionate God. Like we discussed earlier, but because he cannot lie, He cannot, he cannot flip flop and go back on what he said. He says what he means. He means what he says. Mm -hmm. And because he is a good and righteous and honest God, when he gives us parameters to to live within and we live outside of them, because he's a just and good God, he has Mm -hmm. to, he has to incorporate the punishment. That was promised. Mm -hmm. And in this case, in terms of believing in him and believing in his son, Jesus Christ, as the only Lord and Savior and the only pathway to Mm -hmm. heaven, as a result, when we make our free will choice to deny that, the punishment is we don't get to be in heaven with him. Mm -hmm. We don't get eternal salvation in heaven with Jesus Christ. And that is it. And it's not because God is mean. Mm -hmm. It's actually because he's loving and just and kind. And he gave us an opportunity and the choice is ours. We have to wear it. Nobody in hell is there because
0: of God. Yep exactly (laughs) it's black and white he tells us exactly what to do and so it's up to us whether we're going to follow it or not and what we decide and that determines our fate Mm
1: -hmm. exactly and you know even for anybody who's a parent who's given a rule to their kid look you do this this happens you do that that happens god is no different it's just just the, the the consequences are far more severe and eternal Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a huge part of this. And so, um, as a result of that, I really feel like it is our commission and our job to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So like I said to my loved one, when I said that, like, you know what, I'm okay with being a good person. And if this is all turns out to be hogwash again, don't believe that. <laughs> but if, you know, I'm okay with that. But the other part of that conversation is because I believe in God, so so passionately and I believe in every word that I'm saying about scripture and what's going to happen at the end of the days and how critical it is for us to share this because of that I feel like it's my job to get comfortable being uncomfortable Mm. and -hmm. willing to have these conversations I'm not not auditioning for besties and and trying to win them over for me Mm -hmm. this is the the most compassionate act that I could give someone be willing to be uncomfortable be willing to be laughed at be willing to be vulnerable, to stand on scripture, to stand on faith and tell people, not from my point of view, I mean, I could probably, you know, add a little sense of urgency and, and, you know, envelop it in love in the presentation, Mm -hmm. but I want to give them God's word and stand on scripture and do it unapologetically so that they understand the gravity of the situation. Yeah. And can you imagine having to, having to answer to a loved one? In hell, and they're going. Why didn't you tell me?
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Can you imagine?
1: Yeah. Why didn't you? Why didn't you love me enough Mm -hmm. to warn me? Why didn't you love me enough to be vulnerable? And yeah, I might have laughed at you, sure, but now we'd be both in heaven laughing. Yeah. And so it's when you when you think about it that way, we Mm -hmm. just don't. We want we want to be validated Mm -hmm. and we want to be loved, and we don't want conflict in our family. And when it comes to believers and non-believers within a family, um, that can be confrontational. And it can really make Thanksgiving dinner awkward. (laughs) Yeah. right. It's
0: for sure. It's definitely tough. And I think that's what a lot of Christians are just so it's so hard. And me too, you know, I've worked a lot on myself to be able to speak up and be able to say those things. But like in our study, it's, that we were learning about it's don't we love people enough and I think that's what hit me the most out of everything it's Mm -hmm. just like yeah I'm gonna be uncomfortable yeah it's you know might be awkward to talk or to say certain things but it's like don't I love you enough to still be able to swallow that and tell Mm -hmm. you regardless yeah and you know it just came to me as we're saying that
1: it's hard as a family member it, it, you know speaking for myself it's almost easier to say it to a stranger because mm-hmm. I don't have to yeah. answer to them tomorrow <laughs> you know what I mean like, I'll never see you again yeah so. and so it's almost easier to do that so I have a suggestion if you have that person or people that you really really love and you're worried about their salvation show them this podcast hmm there you go. Really? We'll She'll, do it for you. Uh, yeah, I have, <laughs> email us, yeah. Email us. Email and, us. And I'd be happy to go over this with them from a passionate perspective. Um, unbiased, non-confrontational place and explain the love behind this. Mm -hmm. act. And then it's not, it's not an act of judgment or condemnation, but it's sacrificially compassionate. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I strongly encourage it because it's probably easier for somebody who's an an unbeliever to hit play and listen to us ramble about it than it is to come from you, you know? And so, I mean, I strongly encourage that. And, um, We can take the awkward out for you. I'd be happy to do that.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm here to serve. (laughs) (laughs) You're awesome. I'd be happy to do it. I have no shame in my game because It's so true because ultimately it is such an act of love to say, I'm telling you this because I want you to be in heaven with me. Like, if you tell someone that, how can they not just be like, wow, like, That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's beautiful for you to say, even if they don't believe, even Mm -hmm. if they're just like, yeah, whatever. But for you to say, I want to tell you this because I want you to be in heaven with me. Like how loving is that? Yeah, sounds beautiful.
1: Yeah. And, and that's another thing. Sometimes, you know, there are people who believe that there's, um, you know, negative reinforcement. If I threaten them enough, if I scare them enough, if I judge them enough, Mm. uh, maybe that'll work. I don't mm. know many human beings who respond to negative reinforcement. I really don't. No, myself included. Like in zero. Yeah. <laughs> there was probably that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not him. And I'm, no. you know, I'm, I want to be um, encouraged mm-hmm. and I want to be spoken to out of love. And, you know, Immediately it takes like the defensive mechanism down a couple notches mm-hmm. when you're approached with love and like, mm-hmm. and, and not only is, are you to approach this with love, but your story is of redemption and salvation and, and it's a story that is exciting. It's not, you are know, tell them something bad is going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, words matter. Yeah. You know, like you said, I mm-hmm. want, I'm telling you this because I want you to be in heaven with me. Not mm-hmm. if you don't
0: listen, you're going to hell. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's definitely a way to approach it.
1: Yeah, and I think, again, that just be vulnerable. Just be compassionate. And and on that note, I have to also say this. We, we serve a loving and compassionate and forgiving and merciful God. So I have had to learn in my lifetime also that the God that I have given my life to and the God that I'm serving and the God that I want to serve and the God that I want to spend eternity with is so loving and compassionate that I also need to pray for the people who have hurt me. Mm -hmm. The people who um, you could argue are not deserving of salvation and eternity in heaven with God. Um, We all have been wronged and we've all been hurt by people and it's hard to be mad at somebody you're praying for. So I would also encourage you, especially the believers listening. Pray for pray for all of God's children to seek him and to be redeemed and to repent Um, again when we're talking about love and compassion and um, mercy I've I admit I had to do this myself and I had to put my big girl pants on and recognize that there might be some people in heaven who've hurt me here. But that's the God that I want to serve. Mm-hmm. The God that allows that to happen. The God, the God that sets out a banquet for sinners who repent and come to him, that's my God. Yeah. And so if we're praying for our families who are unbelievers, we also have to pray for people who have hurt us. Because I want a huge party in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want to be there. And I just like the angels rejoice, I'll rejoice yeah. and worship with all the
0: saints and all the souls who repent and turn to Jesus. I love that you said that because that's so true. It's just like we serve such a good God that we, at one time, were wretched. Were, well, we still yeah, are sinners. Times. Yeah, many times. But we came to God knowing we need help. And mm. the prayer should be for every single yeah. other person, no matter what they have done, our prayer is for them to also be there in heaven with us. Exactly. And yes. our God is just to forgive. Yeah, I know there's a quote that says,
1: All saints have a past and all sinners have a future Mm. and it's it's just a beautiful reminder it doesn't matter where you came from yeah this is the kind of race where it doesn't matter how you
0: start it just matters how you finish Ooh, amen Mm. i love that (laughs) (laughs) definitely yeah (laughs) definitely so we want to leave you with this guys so sincere sincere question is how would today be different for you if you knew jesus was coming tomorrow for judgment day like, how would today be different? Uh, so we want, really want you guys to think about that and really internalize it. I mean, because we don't know when it's coming. We have no idea. Yeah. And what would you do as believers today, you know, if Jesus were to come back tomorrow? Would you have wow. those conversations? Would you, you know, talk to your friends and your family despite what they may say or think of you? Wow, that's so heavy. You know, <laughs> like that know. song, Live
1: Like You're Dying? Uh-huh. Like, people have, I've heard that question, a variation of it, like, well, what if you died tomorrow? What would you do today? Or uh-huh. if it was your last day on Earth, what would you do? That mm-hmm. kind of a question. Um, and oftentimes, it's like the bucket list. Oh, I go skydiving, or I party with my friends, or I go on vacation, <laughs> or whatever. You know, yeah. you hear those stories. But that's like, you know, live like you're dying, or what if you were dying? Yeah. This is almost a flip. Mm-hmm. Like, I know where I'm going. Yeah, exactly. I know what happens. Yes. But I have to live like everybody else is dying. Mm -hmm. I have to live like all the unbelievers are dying forever. Mm -hmm. And so the gravity of that hits me so hard because I need to live my life out as a representative of Jesus. So that as few people live this earthly death and, I mean, die this earthly death and then end up in hell. I have to live like I'm saving souls, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm just reaching into the pit and saving souls. And that's how I have to commit my life. And so I love that question, Lisa, because mm-hmm. it just, the reality is we don't know. Yeah. And so if we could reposition our lives and have a posture of, um, what's the word? It's not just humility because it's more of a call to action because I want to be humble but I also want to go out and do his work mm-hmm. and share it with others so I can say others um, Being a Christian should be the least selfish thing you've ever done mm-hmm. um, It's not to benefit you mm-hmm. although we do benefit because we live in heaven with Jesus for the rest of our lives but our our Jesus, my God that I have surrendered my life to he was washing his apostles feet mm-hmm. the Bible says he came to serve not to be served. Mm-hmm. He is the servant king. And so that's how we should live our lives. And that's, that's the posture we should assume. Yeah, we're benefiting. Yep. But don't you want to extend that grace to others and explain how others can achieve that same glory with God in heaven?
0: Yes. Um,
1: so that's the question. Sincere question. Yeah. What would you do if you knew Jesus was coming tomorrow? Who would you call? <laughs> right? Really? really, though. You know, I got inside info. Jesus is coming tomorrow. judge the living in the dead. Who would be your first phone call? And then I challenge you to call them. Homework. <laughs> Not to give homework. <laughs> yeah. Or they can have him call me. <laughs> just email <laughs> me. We can send something. Either out. way. Either way. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to pray it out as usual. Um, and just really a prayer of compassion and humility today. What's that. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much um, for speaking into our hearts and, and our lives, Lord. Um, and... Helping us to frame these really difficult questions in a different way, from a place of compassion and love, Lord. Uh, I ask that um, that this conversation just stirred up some new thoughts and new passion and new intensity, Lord, to be alert to the fact that you can come at any time, mm. and that we are going to have to answer for how we lived, and our loved ones are going to have to answer for how we lived. Mm. And, Lord, that the rapture is coming, and it is a glory-filled day. I cannot wait to see your face, Jesus, and I live to serve you for that day. But I also love you so much that I also want to represent you um, to the lost, to the unbelievers, uh, to the deniers, Lord, to those who rejected you. Uh, I know it breaks your heart and it breaks mine, Father. And I just ask that uh, you give us the strength to be bold, uh, to be able to stand firm. Uh, we ask for a spiritual maturity and a scriptural maturity and knowledge, Lord, so that we can represent you correctly and adequately and properly, Lord, with those that we meet, uh, that we can inspire change and repentance and um, heal brokenness, Lord, so that people will look to you And that uh, on that beautiful, magical day, Lord, that your numbers be tremendously magnified and multiplied, uh, Lord, that we leave a footprint on this earth, um, that everyone within the sound of our voice, Lord, is, just has a stirring in their heart tonight um, so that they um, feel eager and unashamed to represent you and uh, understand that preaching your word and representing you to the world, Lord, is the greatest act of love and mercy we could do. And to remove our feelings and our fears from the equation, Father, uh, and just to go out and glorify and grow your kingdom. We give you thanks for this, Lord. Um, fall fresh on us. Let the Holy Spirit be with all those who hear this, Lord. And uh, let us go out and represent you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God. And makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day!